You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. So again, Podcast Detroit and Facebook Live. We have none other. This is the very first show. Let me pause for a second and say Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year. God bless you. I know you've set it up. Whether I'm saying hello, hola, bonjour, uh, konnichiwa, uh, any other salutation that just greets you with love and with Jesus' joy, I say hello to you. Now, without further ado, I want to introduce, listen, I'm telling you all, this is a very special moment for me. Uh, I will do my best to not get too emotional, but I am super excited about having my pastor on the show, Dr. Carol Lee Dixon. Pastor, I'm so glad you're on the show. Thank you for tuning. Thank you for coming. I'm so happy to be here. Amen. So I just want to pause before I go into all of the awesome work that you've done. And I just want to say that when uh, it comes down to the podcast, when it comes down to Uh, The book that I've written, when it comes down to me being uh, a good husband, a father, when it comes down to uh, me just being a better man, my story cannot be told without mentioning the name of Dr. Carol Lee Dixon. Thank you. You have been so instrumental in my life. Uh, We met uh, over now close to 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. I was 19 years old, uh, a young man with a, oh. a lot of ambition. And, oh. uh, <laughs> and um, you know, and I always share very transparently here on the, on the drawing board because it's about being able to go back and uh, to examine your life and to reimagine <coughs> the possibilities. And I have to tell you, if you don't have a mentor or somebody that can hold you accountable or speak life to you, or to give you correction or to, you know, that that chastisement that comes from love to set you on the right path so you don't end up going into a self-destructive <coughs> mode. You need to get that kind of person in your life. And I have to tell you that Dr. Carol Lee Dixon has been that person in my life. I want to take a minute and testify and say uh, when my mother when my mother was ill and sick. Guess who? Guess who was right there with me? My pastor, Dr. Dixon. When my wife was not well, guess who was standing right there and encouraging me? Uh, my pastor. When my son was in uh, ICU, my pastor was right there with me. When I went through job loss and car loss and uh, lost my home, my pastor was right there with me. So I just want to encourage you all. The Bible says he'll set you in the body as he will, and you don't let anything uh, separate you from where he has placed you. And I just wanted to take the time and say and bear witness, uh, not just uh, you know over Facebook, but for worldwide to let everybody know uh, the story, my story is incomplete without mentioning the name of Dr. Carol Lee Dixon. So, Pastor, I know uh, I can say without equivocation that my mother is still in the land of the living because of your prayers. I accept. I know because I know my family is uh, we're doing well because of your prayers. And uh, I know that I've been able to uh, even achieve it at, uh, this level of success and uh, not go under uh, because of your prayers and your support and your encouragement. So uh, I want to tell you all now, that's a good place for me to plug it and say um, that this is the time that if you need a pastor in your life or you need a mentor, or you need somebody to push you or you need a coach, uh, you can meet us at Kano's International Church, 6650 West Fort Street, Detroit, Michigan, 48209. Or you can go right now. Actually, I challenge you to go right now to caroldixon.net and uh, put your information there so that uh, pastor can reach out to you or our, one of our team members reach out to you directly on our pastor's behalf uh, just to extend to you love. And one of the things, Pastor, uh, that um, you always have extended and that is love. Yeah. Uh, you are such a person of love. Uh, I look sometimes, I say, I don't know how my pastor does this. I have no idea. But I just want to say um, that I thank you. And I had to get that out before we got into, you know, the show, because uh, it is the vision that God has given you that I stand and bear witness of. It's the vision that has kept us alive. And so tonight, 
uh, I want to introduce to some and, and present to others. I want to give that introduction again. The baddest pastor in the <laughs> land, my pastor, your pastor, the world's pastor, Dr. Carolee Dixon. Well, pastor, what I love is you're not just a pastor. Uh, you're an author of several books. Uh, I have one of your books here with me, uh, 60 Seconds Inspirational Minute. Great. And so a great book. Hey, guys, I know you probably want to get like me. I got mine personally signed. So what I'm going to do right now, if you comment right now uh, in the sections on the video, if you comment, uh, I'm ready for the new. If you comment, I am ready for the new. I will make sure that the first three people get an autographed copy of this book from my pastor, Dr. Carolee Dixon, 60 Seconds Inspirational Minute. All right. And so, Pastor, you're not only an author, but a life coach. I'd like to say they can also get that book at Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble as well. It's available there as well. As well. On Amazon and Um, BarnesandNoble.com. Yes, I am. Yes, ma'am. Inspirational speaker, a woman of vision and voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're committed to helping people from all walks of life. And one of the things I love in when we're at church or when we're in other venues, you said God is not looking for perfection. He's only looking for obedience. Absolutely. And so... uh, you know, all of the formality and the traditions and all of these other things. One of the things I tell you, my pastor is not traditional mm-hmm. or conventional, mm-hmm. but walks in the full power of God, the love of God, and will encourage you right where you are. Yeah. So uh, if it sounds like I'm bragging a little bit, no, I'm not bragging. I just happen to be telling the truth. All right. So, um, Pastor, you have uh, done so many great things. And I quote uh, you on the back of this book. It says, I look back and see over 40 years in ministry and 30 of those years in full-time service, writing, preaching, teaching, traveling, training, educating, and equipping, and now it is time to start sharing. Yeah. So, Pastor, when when we talk about the topic of vision, uh, three things come to my mind, but I want them to be able to hear from your voice. Uh, Whatever level I've been on, it's three things that you've always shared. You said, first, you got to get the information. Then you'll get the inspiration, and then you'll get the revelation. So when we're talking about vision, Pastor, what, what comes to mind for you when we talk about vision? When I think about vision, the first thing that comes to mind with me is how do you get vision? How do you get vision? You see, because a lot of times people are talking about do you have a vision or what's your vision for 2019? What do you see? And some people will say, well, you know, I don't even I have a vision. How do I get that? Well, one of the things I'd like to say in getting a vision, the first thing you've got to do, you're going to have to stand up on your watch. In other words, you're going to have to be in a position of having not only uh, foresight, but insight. And you can only do that as you separate yourself from the crowd and um, because you're not common. When you have vision, just like when I met you, I knew that um, I, I could identify it. About you, and um, I covered you, yes, and um, in many ways, and uh, because I saw that you had the foresight and the insight, and when you have that, you have to you you get vision when you know that I've got something special here. You got to separate yourself. You're gonna have to find that place where you belong and get there because it's gonna take someone. I always call it rank. I like to call it rank. Absolutely. It's going to take someone that's able to pull that out of you that you see, that you haven't even discovered yet. Amen. Okay. And uh, so that's so important. And so your vision is not common. It's not a common thing. So you have to get away from the crowd when you have vision because you're not going to be popular with the people, with the crowd. They'll always have something to say or something to pick at you. And you're going to have to get away. And you don't want to uh, look at people or hear from people as to what you're having, foresight, insight concerning. You want to be able to be on a watch. That's why I say you're going to have to stand on watch. You're going to have to always be in that place. I have to say prayer because that's the only thing of your connection with God and that'll get you on your pathway of life. A lot of times we want to live, but we got to know how to find that L-I-F-E, life, and that more abundantly. And uh, so when you do that, uh, when when um, 
Caleb and Joshua, they decided not to find, follow the mindset of the other spies. That's right. So you have to decide that I'm not going to, even though we're in the same group and we're right here together, you got to decide I'm going to follow my own path. This this is just not for me. Um, that happened with me, and I was raised traditionally, and um, but I had some great parents, and they always said, you know, you be you, you do you, and um, I'm so glad that they did because it allowed me to find my own path, not breaking away from the path, right. but to find that path, that uncommon path that was for me, and I saw that in you. Amen. And finding that uncommon path. And and yet when you're finding it, you've got to have someone there to keep you on the path. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> one, one of the things that I love in our conversations, Pastor, is, um, you know, I was one once I got the direction. I was I was off off with the races. You know, I'm telling you, if you told me go east, I was already <laughs> running before before you finished your sentence. Like, yes, we're going east. And those of you that are watching, uh, you can be excited. You can have a lot of zeal, uh, but you need to get some knowledge, some wisdom, some understanding, some teaching and some training. And just flat out when you are looking at uh, getting around someone who has rank, who has that spiritual authority to be able to speak into your life. Uh, the first thing that you had to do. You have to submit to that. You have to humble yourself uh, to be mentored. You have to humble yourself to be directed. And uh, especially when you have had to, let's just say in your journey, you've had a lot of fights to overcome and you've come into a certain way of doing things. Uh, you have to be able, as Pastor taught me, you have to be able to switch systems from your system to God's system and not see things the way that you see it, uh, but see it the way that God sees it. So, Pastor, as we're on watch and we are having the foresight and we're having the insight and we're getting directions and instructions. Uh, you're a how-to preacher. Yeah. Uh, one thing I love is that you tell me, you said, or you say across the pulpit all the time, I don't preach from theory. I preach from practice. Absolutely. So I want to take a minute and share uh, the vision of the church, which has so richly blessed me. So the vision that Kay knows is, Pastor, what, what's the vision that Kay knows? It's a total change to the total man, yes, a new quality of living produced by a new character in God, thus bringing total change yes, in your body, your mind, and your spirit, you see, and uh, getting you into that place that you began to be enabled to switch system because you can't do it by yourself. All right. You can want to do it. That's why at this time of the year we make so many resolutions. And uh, they're broken sometime before the month is over and then sometimes within just a few weeks and and uh, definitely sometimes. very few don't make it long <laughs> at all. Right, in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, until until it, it really, you know, becomes uh, just a part of life to say, January, I'm going to make a resolution, but then February it'll be broken and you know that without saying it. Right. However... If we would decide to make decisions instead of resolutions, decisions are based upon wise choices. And once you make a decision and, 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 and begin to move in that, then you can find yourself, as the vision of Kano's is, that you can, you can begin to find yourself moving into that new quality of life. Oh, nothing's better than have a qualitative life. Yes. You see, because then you can start accumulating when it's a, a, a quality life. You can't accumulate without quality. That's right. You see, you're just going to be repeating the same thing over again. But quality, you can accumulate. And that's the key. You see, Isaac accumulated when he made the quality decision, you see, to stick with the vision that he had and be obedient from being in prayer with God. That's part of how you get vision. You got to watch. And then after watch, you've got to put yourself in a position of, of watchfulness, which is by the grace of God. You can't make it, but by the grace. Isaac only made it by the grace of God. Amen. And when he got in prayer, he was on his watch and God told him, stay right here. So in this land, right here, I'm going to bless you. He had no idea what God was going to do. God gave him a plan that was the irrigation system that we yet use today. And because there was just no way, nothing was growing in the land. They didn't see how it could be. But when you've got vision, that foresight, that insight on the inside of you, and you begin to pray, you stand up on your watch. It's uncommon. Everybody was leaving. Everybody was saying, oh, man, you're crazy. There's nothing going to grow here. But he stayed and he planted right there. And God gave him the strategy. He said, you just go down, just keep going down. And it, he, he went down so far he found water. And today 
that system, the irrigation system, still exists for farmland that God gave Isaac in Genesis, the 13th chapter. God will give you a creative idea. When you have vision, God will give you a creative idea as you be on watch. And he gives it to us by grace because Isaac was human. He wanted to go back to Egypt. He was human. It's like, what is this? This ground is hard. It is parched. It's not going to do anything. And God said, stay there. He was obedient and like I said, he wasn't perfect, but he was obedient. He was obedient. And uh, God gave him that strategy. And his crop not only produced, but he accumulated. And he increased more and more and more. And uh, it was only because of the strategy that God had given him that it produced for him that others Hey, in the land, they didn't have it. They didn't have that foresight. They didn't have that insight. They didn't have that vision. They came to him to get grain. They came to him to buy. So God has a way to increase us. You see, God will give you the vision for your household. He'll give you the vision for your workplace. He'll give you the vision for your home. He'll give you the vision for your ministry. God has a strategy in the midst of these times for you to make it, and it only comes by vision. I know you asked me about the vision of Kano's, but I couldn't talk about it without talking, sharing about how once you get vision from being on a watch, God will give you a strategy. He'll give you a plan because of his grace that God will begin to move upon you and show you not only will he increase you, but you will accumulate. There's so much in what you just said, Pastor. I was sitting here thinking about the story of Isaac and how he continued on. How even when adversity came and they were plugging up mm-hmm. his wells, he mm-hmm. continued to dig. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when he had to move certain places, but God told him to stay in that same land. Mm-hmm. So adversity is not always an indication to move, depending upon the what, the word you were using there was the strategy of God. Mm-hmm. And I know so many people with uh, great ideas, a lot of ambition, set goals, but they don't have a strategy for executing. And so being in prayer or being in that watchful position God will lead you in that strategy. And you remember me. I, I wanted to know from A to Z, Lord, show me. But he'll take you sometimes step by step. And as you obey each step, he'll unlock that strategy. And when you get to the point where you need to be, all things have come together and worked for your good. It was his grace that was keeping you. That's why I was saying when you go up on a watch, his grace will keep you because we are human. And, you know, we can be zealous and we can want to go. And and uh, we just have not processed through that area yet. But see, the whole thing about it is when, 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 when God gives you a strategy, his grace is so sufficient for us. God gives us a strategy of what to do, and we begin to move in it. Even though Isaac, the others were talking, when you go up on a watch, other people can be talking, but they won't get you off the path of life. All right. See, because you're in that position of watchfulness. That's why I said, how do I get vision? You got to watch. You got to first get in that place of watchfulness. And that means that as you watch, the prayer is going to come. You see, prayer will begin. You got to communicate with God. And uh, as you do, then as you do that, he gives you the strategy. And as he gives you the strategy, people are still talking. They're still jabbing at you. They're still, it never stops. But you know what? The vision will get greater on the inside of you and it'll drown it out. Mm-hmm. It just gets greater. It begins to well up on the inside of you. And then the next step you have to do is you write the vision. Write the vision. Mm-hmm. You got to write the vision. Habakkuk, we know that, don't we? And Habakkuk too. Absolutely. Write the vision. Make it plain that those that hear it, uh-huh, they Man, can run yeah. with it. Absolutely. See, they can understand it. They can, so you put it down and you write it. And so others can see what you're doing. And hey, they may want to do the same thing. I heard you say at the very onset of this podcast, you know, get ready, start your own, do that that you want to do. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and when I'm thinking about vision, Pastor, I, one of the things that I was thinking today when I was just reflecting upon my time at Kano's and mm-hmm. my relationship with you and being, mm-hmm. you know, in ministry is I think about the impact of vision. And when I think about all of uh, my brothers and sisters at Kano's and even beyond, and I think about, you know, knowing about, uh, you know, your international journeys to China and to Jerusalem, to, you know, to the Holy Land, operating across seas and doing those things that taking that that great commission and making it happen. I think about the lives that have been impacted. Uh, I think about how. um you know, my wife, Shalisa, her life was, has been impacted. And I, little Andre and Christian, and I think about how, uh, you know, MS had to back down because there was a greater vision. I, th- I think about, um, I speak about one of our young people 
who is now in college at a spoken word. Mm-hmm. Um, you spoken word that says, uh, hey, get up and go because yeah. uh, there's an open door for you. And that word has unlocked so much. They have been acknowledged as, you know, UNCF. Uh, um, I think it's the the. The queen or the... Yeah, Miss yeah, UNC at her university. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think about uh, those that have gone on and got big contracts and done things Absolutely. at the spoken word. Absolutely. And so it was that, it's that vision. And when I was thinking about uh, just the, when we think, when we break those words down, when you were speaking on Sunday and you were talking about the boundaries, the order, the structure, and you were talking about change your words, change your world, shape your future. And all of those things, and I remember conferences, and I had to take some time. So you know uh, this won't be the last time. Every time you hear me speak, you're going to hear some element of my pastor come through. And uh, I, I can hear uh, Administrator Lewis saying to me right now, well, if you brought pastor on the show, let pastor talk, all right? <laughs> I can hear it. So, pastor, we have uh, one minute left. If you could bless the people, somebody who may have a vision, uh, what would you say to them? I'd say to you, Uh, Get your vision and stick with it. Get on a watch. Don't let others pull you away from the path of life, L-I-F-E. And then as you begin to do that, you write your vision down. After you write the vision, last thing I'd say to you today, run with it. Run with your vision. And when you write it down, it's going to become a realization and it will not be forgotten. I write a lot. I do a lot. Everything that I do, I'm putting it down so that when you read it, you can understand it and you can follow it. That's the reason for it. So much, so much. My office is busy forever, forever. And so that's what I would say in closing. You got to be on a watch. How you get the vision? Get on a watch. Start praying. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, then once you get on that watch, then you're going to have to write the vision. And once you write the vision, run with it. Amen. Again, I'd like to take the time to thank my pastor, the chief apostle, Dr. Carolee Dixon. Again, I said the baddest pastor in the land, my pastor, your pastor, the world's pastor. Uh, pastor, we can find you at uh, caroldixon.net. We also you also have a podcast called Dash. So go ahead. You need to look for that podcast called Dash and you need to make sure that if you want to visit, if you want to. I'm going to be honest. If you are inspired by what I say, if you're motivated by what I say, you have to come hear my pastor. This is where I'm eating at. This is where I get great food at. You know, this is uh, what motivates and gives revelation and inspires me to come and inspire you. So you need to come see my pastor, 6650 West 4th Street, Detroit, Michigan, 48209. And, of course, we are on the social media outlets. All you have to look for is Carol Dixon Ministry. And look, on IG, Carol Dixon, K-I-C. I am Andre Ebron, and remember, I always tell you that your future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. God bless. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. All right. Welcome again. This is the second show of the night of my first guest on the Drawing Board Podcast. You know, on the Drawing Board Podcast, we talk about family, relationship, ministry, community, and career. And I have with me tonight one of my brothers who's a part of one of the oldest and hey. the coldest <laughs> fraternities known to man. What what other fraternities? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't think I, it's another I don't one. think there's another one. <laughs> but of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. It, uh, but I also want to let you know uh, he has done so many amazing things. But before we jump into that, let's the drawing board nation welcome uh, Lance Woods to the show. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely, man. Glad to have you here. Uh, what Glad Lance? To be here. We, we met, man. What now? It's probably has been uh, what uh, four about four years now? Is it four, four years? Four, close no, close to five. Yeah, if I say five, five yeah. or six years ago. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been been back? That when I met you was when I came back to Detroit. Yeah, so it was yeah. about five or six years ago. Yeah, I was I was in my drawing board right there. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So listen, let me tell you a little bit about Lance. Born and raised on the west side of Detroit. Lance 48204. Yeah, okay, call it out again. Call <laughs> it out again. 48204, man. Yes, Detroit Road, Illinois. Yeah, please believe it. Uh, Lance distinctly recalls that there were not enough positive role models in our communities. And... Lance, I dare to say that to this day, we're still, the number's growing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're reshaping the narrative. We're Mm -hmm. getting in there and we're getting the work done. But there is never 
enough role models or mentors. Never so enough. Uh, one of the things we'll plug right here and say, uh, you don't have to be perfect to be a role model. You don't have to be perfect to be a mentor. What you do have to do is you have to be present to be a mentor. You have to be uh, willing to be a mentor. You have to be transparent enough to help your mentee help you grow along the journey. It's nothing like responsibility mm-hmm. that cause you to grow. So. Uh, I'm looking for mentors. If you want to be a mentor, if you're thinking about being a mentor, Lance has many avenues for you to get involved. Absolutely. So although his family instilled positive values, it became his motivation to leave Detroit to broaden his horizon. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you went on to study at TSU. Tennessee State University. Okay. Big, big blue, man. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. All right. And then completed your undergrad in, in, a biz, in business administration with a concentration in e-business and supply chain management. Uh, you came back to Detroit in 2014. Yep. And then you, from that point forward, you dedicated your life to serving and mentoring young people. Talk to me about some of the things that you do to serve and mentor young people in the city of Detroit. Yeah, so currently uh, I'm a dream director. Um, I work with an organization called the Future Project. Okay. The Future Project is a national organization. Um, it's headquartered in New York. And um, currently we place dream directors like myself in high schools all across the nation to work with young people to develop mindsets, skill sets. Um, and basically we encourage them to focus on their dreams, their passions, and their goals. Okay. And they basically create projects to enhance the culture of their school. So basically with me in there, I'm offering one-on-one coaching, uh, mentorship, um, and basically project development, one-on-one personal development, just so that they can focus on what they're passionate about and get them to focus on that. Because if they do the things that they love, right, um, they never really work a day in their life. And if they can figure out how can I do the thing that I love and create something, or whether it's in entrepreneurship or even if you're working for somebody, if you're doing something that you truly, truly love to do, it doesn't feel like work. You you energize to go to work. And that was some of the things that I was experiencing um when I was working in supply chain management, I really wasn't passionate about it. I was I, I received my degree in supply chain management simply because I knew it was a field that I could make money. Yes, sir. And um, I had to stop um, chasing that check because I, I noticed that when I would be sitting at work, I'm always looking at the clock. I didn't really want to be there. So um, I started. I came to the drawing board, man. Yes, sir. Go to the and, drawing uh, board. And I don't know if I was cutting you off, but no, you're good. This is the story. Um, yeah, I, I started to realize, like, what is it that I'm truly good at? You know, um, what is it that thing that that really makes me come alive? And um, it always re- resonated around, like, community development. Um, I had a lot of people in my life um, who instilled some positive values in me, but I knew that there was different things that was going on in the community um, that I was affected by, and I wanted to be a part of that change in Detroit, especially when— um, because I graduated high school in 2006 from Northwestern. Okay. And um, all of the schools were starting to close. Um, then the recession happened. Um, and at this time, I was in, in Nashville finishing up my undergraduate degree. And uh, it was just so much negative um, camaraderie around Detroit. And uh, I wanted to move back home to be able to, you know, Impact. advance the narrative, you know, Absolutely. in a positive way. And, um, yeah, one thing led me to another and uh, I moved back to Detroit. Um, actually, I got fired um, when I was working at at um, a Fortune 300 company as a right. supply chain analyst. And um, yeah, moved back home. And from that that moment that I got fired, it was like I took that as a sign to really like go after what I'm truly passionate about. And um, you know, funds were low, and um, I really didn't understand how I was going to make a living out of doing community work, and I didn't have a lot of uh, experience in education, but I had a heart for it. Absolutely. And um, once I made that decision, I kind of was just doing some brainstorming and um, trying to figure out, like, what is it that I could do to contribute to Detroit in a positive way? And I stumbled upon a future project. And um, it was like a week after I got fired, I came back home to Detroit and I got in contact with one of my best friends and um, he had an engagement. This is how I met you, Brian George. Brian George. Yeah, yeah. he had an engagement going on um, actually with uh, Emmett. Emmett Mitchell. Yep, Emmett Mitchell. And um, we ended up, I ended up going to the Black Male Summit and I spoke there and I spoke a little bit about what I was experiencing in that moment. 
and I was able to connect with brothers in the community. And from there, I just started doing a lot of volunteer work until I was able to be employed with the Future Project. And since being employed with the Future Project, I've been working with them ever since. And simultaneously, while I was being employed, that's when I launched my my organization called SWAG, Swag. Students Who Achieve Greatness. Absolutely. And um, I launched that program in Cody High School. Um, when I first launched it, I had seven young men in the program. Um, it was basically seven weeks workshops basically to enhance and equip them with skills necessary for college and life. Um, everything that I give to these young men, everything that I give to the young women is the things that I wish I had, you okay. know, as a high school student going into college because I'm first generation of my family to graduate college. And, Congratulations, you know, sir. And do all of those things. So it was like, how can I take what I know now and pour it into kids in Detroit? You know, um, Cass, it seems like Cass King Renaissance, if, if it's not those schools, then the other schools are left forgotten. Neglected. Mm-hmm. And I came from Northwestern High School. Okay. And, and I look back and, and um, it wasn't a lot of my peers that went to school and graduated from college. And I wonder, like, why was that the issue? You know, um, so I just wanted to come back to Detroit and, and be a part of that, you know, renaissance in terms of um, education and then all of the great things that was happening in Detroit. Right. So, I mean, you are making a lot of noise on the, on the scene, but let's I want to let's unpack some of that. So okay. you look at uh, being fired from a Fortune 300 company. Yeah. But instead of being crushed by that, you were motivated by it to pursue what it is that you really wanted to do. Absolutely. And then uh, what I thought was powerful, and I would love to, uh, let's talk about it further. Um, Sometimes we wait when we have a platform, uh, we provide the most shiniest and the the most polished, you know, speech that we have. And what's really needed in that moment is just authentic, unadulterated truth. And when you provide that authentic, authentic truth about where you currently are because you cannot grow from where you want to be. You have to grow from where you are. Yeah. And so you shared that and it opened up doors. It opened up up an avenue. And what you said, which was good is I looked, I thought about who you were connected to. Uh, You were connected. You had friends that were moving. Yeah. And you you had uh, various types of friends. So you had some friends that, you know, maybe didn't go to school and did those things. But the people who were closest to you were moving just like you were moving. Yep. And so he had an engagement. You connected with him. It opened the door. Uh, Then the men in that community, uh, you know, opened up more doors. So the idea that uh, and these are for my young black men and for uh, some of my sisters and older black men who are saying that. You're not seeing enough healthy collaboration between black men in the city of Detroit to help change and shape the narrative. And I'm not just talking about in pockets. Yes, of course, there can always be more. But let's celebrate what we do have. And this is a living testimony and proof that that networking among ourselves is strengthens and it increases. Because I'm sure. Oh, man, from there, listen, so many things have opened up ever yes, since sir. even moving back here, man. It's crazy. Um, I have on a hoodie right now. It says Rumble Young Man Rumble. Rumble Young Man Rumble. <laughs> I mean, um, I just came from this conference. This was in November um, as we closed out 2018. And just being in that space of so many powerful black men that's on the ground that you may not even never hear about, but they doing the work. Yes, sir. Been doing the work 15, 20, even 30 years, you know, dedicated their life to seeing the advancement of black men. And um, just being able to be in that space and learn and grow from them. And it, it's not really like a conference. Uh, Rumble Young Man Rumble is is like a revival in a sense because okay. so much happens in that space spiritually. Break you it know? down. Um, I mean, tears are shed, you know. Um, Sounds like healing. Just Yeah, a lot of healing take place. Yeah. You know, um, just being vulnerable in the space with black men. Mm-hmm. And sharing your truth um, about different experiences that we had growing up from. I mean, you hear all types of things where you can connect with other brothers from fatherlessness, um, parents being on drugs, incarceration, all of those different things. But um, so many men push through that. Yes, sir. Um, and sometimes we don't quite know how, but um, we know it's grounded in spirituality. Absolutely. Because some something got to push you. Right. You know, um, something got to get you up. And and with the Rumble Young Man Rumble, it was like, you know, it got you connected to Muhammad Ali. And when, um, you know, sometimes when he got knocked down, but he found the strength to get up. 
All and right. that's life, you know. We get knocked down, but um, you got to figure out a way to dig deep within you to um, get back up again and keep moving. And those are some of the things that I teach my young men and the young women that I work with, all of them. Um, you know, life is precious, I like to say, and life is uh, it's interesting because you never really know what's going to happen from one day to the next. And you could try to plan as much as possible, but you don't really know, you know. But what you do know is that you have to have the mental fortitude to to deal with whatever comes a- ahead, you know. And, um, you know, from going through, it's just you have so many different benchmarks in life that can that can strengthen you. And one of the things that I do now is uh, I'm, I'm beginning to run and I have a, a full marathon to run January 27th. And I've been prepping for that. Yeah, I've been seeing you out there running. Yeah, man, man I'm getting the miles in, man. I, listen, it's not I, a joke. I have been, I've been vicariously living. I've been running my miles through. I've been. I say, it's not go, a joke. Go ahead, Lance. It's, go ahead. It's not a 20 joke. out of 20. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, yeah. it's not a joke, So, man. listen, man, I, I, you know, I like I told you, I'm vicariously, you know, running through you, brother. So, go ahead. I encourage that. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's, you know, I have different dreams and different, you know, goals. And, and I love this, this tag, the drawing board. I mean, I, I feel like we as human beings should always be um, creating or drawing um, to enhance your life in some kind of way. Always setting new goals, always trying to, you know, enhance yourself. And um, I picked up running about four years ago, one of my good friends, and, and I continuously surround myself around great people. That's how I continue to elevate my life. Uh, but one of my good friends, he started a movement called Sweaty September. Okay. Um, And basically Sweaty September is – is to recenter people with their health and fitness goals. And um, in September, we kind of go hard and we utilize social media to kind of encourage people to, you know, work get on your fitness and get yeah. back. So, you know, right. everybody set these fitness goals in January. Okay, where are you or who's holding you accountable in, in September? In September. Okay, let's get back to it. Yeah. So from September of 2015, I started running and I just didn't let it go because I, I started to realize how much it was helping me mentally. And, uh, man, I just been having some breakthroughs mentally for what it's done to me. Because when you running long runs, like you're talking 10, 15, 20 miles, um, there's many times where you can just say, you know, I got to do this. You know, like, right. what am I doing this for? Or many times you can give up when you get tired or you might catch a cramp or, you know, something might happen. I, I didn't stepped in a pothole, twisted my ankle, but my goal is set to hit 15 or 20. So right. I'm going to keep going until I reach that goal. And I, and I take all of those different things and apply it to my life. Um, yeah. And it's just been just helping me mentally. And, and I, and that's just a milestone thing for me. So January 27, 26.2 miles is a long way to go. But, um, I know that I can get there because I have that much belief in myself. That mental fortitude. It's mental fortitude. And, um, mental fortitude. I mean, but it helps you mentally, physically, spiritually, um, so many different things. I mean, life happens. You know, man, I'm sitting here thinking, and here's my challenge to you. So here's the challenge, yeah. all right? So after you run the 26.2 miles, mm-hmm. I want you to put out an article that is called Run Long Enough to Think. Ooh, that's heat. Yeah, Run Long Enough I mean, to Think. I mean, I mean, and some notes on that one. Yeah. And I want you to talk about uh like your journey uh with running, but then talk about like what's unpacked while you run. And what I love about uh marathons, just like watching it, mm-hmm. I, I have not embarked. I was a sprinter uh all throughout my life. Mm. Uh, you know, but I I ran one time with the cross country team because I wanted to get my wind up. Mm-hmm. And so I said, Well, call me, you know, on your short days. Well they're their short days was an hour run. Mm. And it's easier to watch somebody running and think that they're moving slow mm-hmm. until you choose to run with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when you run with them, there are things that occur. We got 30 minutes think- in. Yeah, we got 30 minutes into the run. And my mind said, I, I think this is I think this is about it. You oh, know? Yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Trust me. I <laughs> Trust me. I mean, I've had times where I'm running and I get to two miles and I'm like, yo, I'm slowing down. And then I have to tap into myself and say, you can surpass what you're feeling right now and get through it. Um, but the, the, I think the biggest thing that comes with running um, is that life, you know, rapidly is happening. Like you're doing this and you're doing that and you got family and you want to see this person and you got to spend time with this person and you got to work and you got to do this. Oftentimes, I don't have 
much time to just have time with myself. Yes, sir. And when I'm running, I tune out, literally zone out, and then I can hear what's happening yes, sir. inside of me. And I think that's the, the biggest thing because sometimes um, we don't have the time to listen to what's going on in, oh, yeah. within me. Yes, sir. And uh, some of the greatest lessons come from just listening to me. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, running is beautiful. So, yeah, I, and I, I encourage anybody. Um, I, I can't wait. Till this, <laughs> I can't wait till this article comes Man. out. You know, run long enough to think. Yeah, and, I like that. Yeah, I and, like that. I've been. Oh, I've been. I. So many things have come to me that I can create from running. Right. That I started uh, recording it because I I've been running long enough where I can speak and still run. Okay. And um, I've been recording. Yeah, I've been yeah. running and and recording. So at first I would like try to type notes and run but i'm like nah let me just record it sometime i'll talk 15 minutes and be running look up i done ran four five miles oh wow it, well not 15 minutes no but, but i understand two, yeah right but um yeah man it's a beautiful thing um so yeah man let's talk about some of these accolades that you've received okay. uh and i wanted to put it on the back of um connecting it to when you had the chance to speak then you went into volunteerism the doors yep. opened up because you didn't wait Man. for the doors to open up. Nah. You got involved. Oh, yeah. And then the doors opened up. Man, and I can th- tell you so much. <laughs> yes, sir. So because of that, uh, you were a part of uh, Black Male Engagement or Be Me, as yep. it's better known. Yep. Um, you got engaged being Youth Institute. You've received several awards for your civic engagement. You received the Spirit of Detroit Award in 2015. You were honored at the White House along with 60, 62 other brothers. Uh, for the President's Volunteer Community Service Award in 2016. And then you also received the Community Champion Award from Be Me mm-hmm. for displaying exceptional leadership and commitment to building a more caring and prosperous community in Detroit. And then 2018, you were inducted to Forbes Men of Courage Detroit. Mm-hmm. And all of this came, man, because you decided to go back to the drawing board, mm-hmm. reevaluate what was important to you, set goals, and then be relentless about pursuing them. Absolutely. And then you trust me, I'm also watching you having a lot of fun along the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm having a lot having of fun. A lot of fun. So <laughs> I know you just had the uh what was it, the ugly sweater? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so launching And that's it, crazy how that just continues to grow too, man. That that started at my house. I'm big on connecting good people together. And uh that ugly sweater thing just yeah, I just, we just had our third annual um, one of my best friend that started the sweaty September thing. Okay. He went to college with me at Tennessee state. He got his master's degree at Tennessee state, uh, bachelor's and master's degree, public health. And, uh, we just kind of collaborated, put our dollars together to be able to break, you know, make it bigger. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I said, it started at my house. I just brought people over and then we was like, we got to do this again. Then we had it at one of my homeboys nightclub. Then the next time we rented out a bender, bigger venue cause it was so packed. I do yeah. remember. You know, I do remember that uh, that post from about three years ago when you had it at the house. Yeah, yeah. I, do. I was just having people over for right. chicken and waffles, and, and, and it a was great Christmas time. time, and you know, just yeah. connecting. You know, and so what I'm also learning from this is like you make sure you stay uh, to the pulse of what's happening. Yeah, you know, you oh, make yeah. sure that uh, you stay connected with good people. That's and the what, name of the game. And one thing that I've learned, and here's a here's a caveat for anybody that's looking to become a part of the flow of what's happening, is your interaction with that person has to add it has to add value. Oh yeah. And uh I mean I've seen you doing so many great things. I've seen uh you taking the time. Uh one thing that I see that you're very intentional about, I don't know if you remember or not. When I had you, when you came out to the school, uh, when I was the dean of yeah, oh, dean yeah. of students, definitely remember that uh, out at Washington Parks Academy. And I'm always mindful. Uh, I definitely know good people when I meet good people. Um, but I saw the intentionality of how you looked at each student in the eye, how you in that moment added so much value to that exchange. And before they even opened their mouth, you believed in the greatness that was already inherently in them. Yeah, um, it's important. Uh, even when I work with my young students, it's simple things that just like engaging with the students, you yeah. know, knowing their names, remembering their names, um, shaking hands. What up, though? <laughs> you know, absolutely. Uh, just engaging the students lets them know that you really care, you know, um, 
And one of the things that I that for me growing up, I always wanted to know the how. Like how did you, you know? I I don't really care too much about like how much money you make and or um, you know how successful you are. Yes, sir. But like, what were the steps? Like how did you get there? I always would want to know that, and I would ask people like. I would want you to be as real with me as possible. Don't give me no, you Fluff. know, yeah, no yeah. clean cut answer. Or you got to do this and you got to, no, like tell me the real because I'm from the hood. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just, I just always try to remain authentic. I don't care how far I go in life. Like I just want to be me. Period. Absolutely. <laughs> Man, I saw, uh, uh, actually we, we were at the um, Black Male Education Alliance event. I think that was when uh brother Michael Eric Dyson was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I BMBA. saw you yeah. seen how I went up to him. I saw he yeah, a cool cat. Yeah, real cool. <laughs> but what I saw more importantly was you made the run to the house. Oh yeah, had to do got that. Got the no, no. You made the run to the house. Got the book. Yep. Got it signed, and then you took it to your mom. Yep. So w- what it let me know in that moment is. Whatever is important to you, you're going to make happen. I got to. And that's for people that are watching. Uh, what I'm saying is. That's crazy. You yeah. keep that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely watching. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that uh, Lance was at an event, okay? He left the event because <laughs> he knew it was important to his mom. Yeah, she, was an she oper- big fan. A big fan of Michael. Uh, I didn't know how it was going to play out either. He, he believed it was going to happen. I did. I and, told her. I right. said, I'm going to get this signed for you. Yeah. And so. <laughs> And then he got the book signed, which meant a lot to your mom, mm-hmm. and it added so much value. And on the drawing board, I'm going to tell you one thing that's central is family. Yeah, like you know. But what's so what's so crazy about that yeah. was uh, when I told him, he ended up saying, "Hey, let's record a video," and recorded the video to send it back to my mom. That just killed her. Oh like, wow! Said her name and everything. Right. She. She oh yeah, I lost did, it. I did yeah, see that. Yeah, that you, was you, that was beautiful, man. You uh, snuck up on her in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, we recorded her. Yeah, because I wanted to show. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, Russell record that because I knew she was gonna go crazy, man. I'm always trying to do things to uh, make my mama proud, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, she she real proud of me, and uh, I try to keep it that way. My family, everybody, man, because it was it was we had some challenges growing up, and uh, I just want to you know make them proud and, and do. Everything that I can to um, just in, empower my family, you know. Absolutely. So I'm I'm cautious of the decisions I make, you know, and um, I make some mistakes, but I try to learn from them, and that's life, right? Right. So I try to uh, be transparent and vulnerable, especially with my students. That um, even though you make mistakes, you don't have to continue to make them. And it doesn't really matter um, where you come from. What matters is the choices and decisions you make to get you out of where you at. Absolutely. You know, because there's liberation on the other side of what you're experiencing because that don't have to be your life. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have it to doesn't remain. Have to, it doesn't have to stay that way. I thought about you know? the gulf between awareness and action is a land called decision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when Ooh. you become aware the only thing that's keeping you from where you want to go is a decision to get there. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what what happens on the way, absolutely. Like we're we're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, as let me tell you, I, I was you know pretty much a, a hooper back in the day. You know, my oh, we all were. Yeah. Man. You know, I played and at so, Northwestern. You know, and so <laughs> and so one of the things about it is if I wanted to go to the hole, I was I was going to the hole. I'm getting there. And. One of the things that the coaches, I, I don't hear said too often right now, coaches, I'm calling you out. Uh, I don't hear anybody saying, go to the hole strong. Do you you hearing people say that? Not not these days, man. Not it's, these, these days. Kids, they, it, I know they, they trying to shoot the trade ball these days. Right. I, I hear you. <laughs> they watching too much Steph Curry, James Harden, man. But, and here's <laughs> the thing. So I understand, you know, increased risk, you know, sometimes greater reward. So, yeah, the higher probability shot, you know, is a going going to the hole unless your game is just nice, you know. So when you throw the three up, but the point is when you make a decision to get somewhere, to go somewhere, to do something, or to take it to the hole strong, like you have to follow through. Mm-hmm. We used to take it to the hole strong, knowing that we were going to get fouled. Yeah, yeah. It's a different, it's a different day, yeah. And age, right? You know, that's all the way around. But you gotta you you gotta teach the kids, man. Because if you don't, who else? You know, um, and that's a big reason why 
um, I'm in those schools and I'm in those spaces with the youth because the older cats, they tire. Right. So, you know, I, I consider myself to be a young, young OG. Okay. A young <laughs> Cause OG. Cause I learned so much from the, from the OGs. From the OGs. And, and, but like I'm the middle ground. You know, you got the, you got the young millennials. I'm millennial. Right. And then you got the OGs and it's like, I got to take that knowledge and give it to them because I'm giving it to, I'm giving it to them in a way that speaks their language. Right. Where everybody else might not have that common touch because they so far out of tune. I mean, it's a different world that we live in here. So t- to walk with Kings. Nor lose the common touch. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yes, that's, sir. that's a big thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm truly passionate about it. You know, I want to see our people win. And so, man, Especially listen, our young people. as we, as we wrap this, the whole time I was sitting here, uh, the poem that kept coming to my mind is, uh, the test of a man. Mm. So the test of the man is in the fight that he makes, the grit that he daily shows, the way, the way he stands, stands upon, upon his feet and takes, takes life numerous bumps and blows. A coward can smile when there's nothing to fear and nothing is progress bars, but it takes a man to stand and cheer when the other fellow stars. It isn't the victory after all, but the fight that a brother makes. A man when driven against the wall still stands erect and takes the blows of fate with his head held high, bleeding, bruised, and pale. Is the man who will win and fate defied, for he isn't afraid to fail. Test of a man. That gave me some chills. Yes, sir. Took me back. Yes, sir. And so when I think about the drawing board and I think about your journey, like there are tests that show up. But when you decide that you're going to pass that test, that you're going to continue to fight on, that you're going to continue to be involved, mm-hmm. the impact of your decision, it, 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 uh, it sends out an energy and a thrust and really activates the plan of God on other people's lives. Oh, yeah. Like the point of contact that we had, uh, the point of contact that you have when you're in Cody, the point of contact that you have when you're at Rumble, Young Man Rumble, mm-hmm. like those things, we are interconnected. Yeah, I mean, all of those things uh, are advancing. And I, I sent a text to a brother, uh, and I told him, I said, man, listen, the work that you're doing now will impact generations of people that you'll never get a chance to meet. Man, I'm and, telling you. And that's what I want to encourage. Uh, you've heard Brother Lance's story. He told you he was out there at 48204. 48204, Jerry Roll, Livernois. And the work that he's doing now to get to the White House, and he's making his mom proud, and he's encouraging the young people to live their best lives according to the greatness that is already within them. Lance, where can we get in touch with you at, brother? Oh, man. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, two underscores, L, the, the letter L, and then Woods. Um, and then if. You need my email address is woods.lance1 at gmail.com. Okay, great. So now we have talked. Um, oh, yeah, Facebook. Just Facebook. Lance, Lance yeah. Woods. Okay, yeah. I mean, if you pop the, if you type that in, it more than likely would be the one to pop up. But I got a lot of friend requests, so it might be hard to get through that way. Instagram is probably better. All right, so listen, we're going to close out. And I always tell you, the Drawing Board Nation, you know, say it with me. Come on. Say the future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. I am Andre Ebron, the host of the Drawing Board Podcast. And we want you to have a blessed and a prosperous and an empowered new year. God bless you.